Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi everyone and welcome to the May 2nd, 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marisha. I'm here with Dr. Apresh Singler. And this paper is medial row perforators are associated with higher rates of fat necrosis in bilateral deep flap breast reconstruction by Kamali et al. And this is from way back in July 2017. So Apresh, what was this paper about in a nutshell? So the purpose of the study was to evaluate um, the perfusion-related complications in bilateral Dieppe uh, flaps based on the perforator selection, either medial or lateral row, uh, or combined medial and lateral row. And in a nutshell, the study showed that there was a high rate of fat necrosis in flaps that were based on the medial row versus the lateral row, and in the medial row um, versus the lateral and medial row. But in those papers based on the lateral row, there was no difference between that and the medial and lateral row. So. The take-home message from this paper was that the addition of lateral row perforators to a dominant medial row perforator uh, significantly results in reduced uh, post-operative occurrences of fat necrosis. Okay. I, um, so what did people think of this paper? What did you think were the particular strengths and weaknesses of it? So the good things about this paper were a large series and the patient cohorts were well matched. Um, the only issue with the paper was it wasn't clear what exactly was the definition of a medial and lateral row from the diagrams that they provided. Um, and uh, they also mentioned that they could not assess the difference uh, of the result related to the dominance of a perforator versus the location, Yeah, which is important. Look, I thought um, this was uh, an amazing uh, prospective database which they have at their institution, um, having you know 728 DF flaps uh, in that time period, and actually documenting the number of perforation, number of perforators in their location, and then uh, uh, documenting fat necrosis. Uh, the only thing, the only issues with the fat necrosis documentation that was uh, based on uh, chart review rather than being prospectively uh, part of the database. So the database was more concerned. I got the impression with the intraoperative events um, and obviously incorporating data which they get from their preoperative angio CT whereas the uh, complication uh, of fat necrosis was just relying on the reporting of the uh, consultant surgeon uh, who saw the patient at at three months post-operatively. I thought uh, I actually didn't have a problem with the diagrams I mean for me the lateral perforator is the first perforator which you come across, which is coming through the rectus abdominis muscle mm-hmm. when you're approaching from lateral, and the medial one is the one, the first one you come across when you're going from medial. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have an issue with that. Um, what I thought was interesting was that um, the uh, if you have a medial but you add a lateral, uh, then then everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in those situations, you are trashing the muscle between, mm-hmm. um, and then it sort of makes you think, well. If you're trashing the muscle between and everything's still okay from an abdominal donor, donor site, why not just trash the muscle between every time and have some sort of muscle sparing tram where you can actually take all of the perforators? Mm. But that's just me showing my, my surgical bias. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. 
For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.